0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks.
1: Digital Voices, Ed Marks here. So this is really going to be fun for me because it's actually a friend of mine that I haven't connected with in like, gosh, Matt, it's been 15 years probably since we last served together at University Hospitals in Cleveland. And so it's kind of fun to get back together. And then I'm just like, so I'm not like dad age over Matt or anything, but I'm like really proud just of what you've done. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like, so how cool is that? So we're going to, we're going to jump right into it because Matt's like the president and CEO of Nicholas Ch- Children's Health System. And Megan, before we jump straight to Matt, here's your chance. Have you ever asked a question of a CEO, president and CEO of a a hospital or health system, or especially a children's hospital. So here's your chance to ask any question, because I know you have a young child yourself.
0: I do. And it's, gosh, I could ask a million questions. But the first one that came to my mind was just really a question about, you know, I'm always interested in the career path, education, training, all the things that sort of led you to your current role and how you landed CEO of Children's Hospital. So it's always interesting when you look at people's career paths, right? Because you end up getting to where you're at, I think, part by chance, part by luck, I and mean, knowing a lot of great people historically, right, that guide you, right? I'm a big believer in mentors. You know, I look back and I think about folks like Ed and a and guy who worked with Kevin Roberts, which I just admire explicitly. He was a CFO person, and Mary Armour, who ran the children's hospitals in Cleveland, you know, and kind of bringing all that together. And I think, you know, if you're open and curious and, and willing to be, you, you know, take adventures and, and take that next step without knowing what you're going to do. Right. And exactly what it's going to look like, which is a little scary at times. But you got to jump in, right. Jump in with both feet and and just see where, see where it takes you. I never dreamt of being a CEO of a children's hospital, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But I also never dreamt of being a CFO either you know, you kind of got to go where the path is, but, you know, being a a CEO of a children's hospital, it is wonderful. I mean, I love talking to parents like yourselves and and seeing what goes well, what doesn't go well. It's just, there's nothing more rewarding than
1: than being a CEO of a children's hospital. Yeah, that's cool. I can only imagine, right, Megan, to be a CEO of a children's hospital would be so cool. So Matt and I first met, I think, in 1999. So I showed up at University Hostels. Matt, you were already there working in finance. You were like a VP in finance. And as your career continued, my career continued, and I became CIO, we had opportunities to work together quite a bit and try to do some cool things and revenue cycle and and finance. And you're right, we both had a common mentor in Kevin Roberts. And I think back, you know, Mary Armour, you know, Tom Zenti when he first arrived and others, it was truly a special, magical place. You know, we all were sort of turning things around all of UH and you know we were a key part of it and then you know we sort of grew up and come into our own ourselves now and so that's kind of cool you know one thing that everyone wants to know of course of everyone that we interview and have as a guest on our podcast is what songs are on your playlist so what kind of music do you like to listen to I listen to a whole bunch of everything you know but you know when I'm on an airplane or things like that you know I
0: I love uh I never you know (laughs) I think back when I was a teenager how would I ever say Like Josh Groban, right? I mean, it's just good music, solid music. So Josh Groban, I love country, you know, I love rock. I mean, so I got a whole bunch of different things on I actually have some uh, Frank Sinatra as well. So it's a huge thing, you know. But, you know, one I found recently that, that I really enjoyed when I am sitting outside is Yacht Rock. So it's on, on satellite radio now. It's a newer station. And it just, you know, it takes me back to when I was a kid, when you're sitting outside and in the sun and having fun. So I love music, right? It just takes you away.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I love asking this question because it gives me more songs for my playlist. What about your passion in life or a, do you have like a mantra or a message or some sort of guiding sort of idea that keeps you focused?
0: Yeah, Yeah. you know, I was thinking about that. There was really two things, you know, on the personal side, you know, it's, a, it's all about family. I'm a family man, you know, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather now. Uh, I'm gonna be grandfather next week again, yeah, okay. and and that's important, right? I love what I do. i love I love leaving the children's hospital, but my family' is really what grounds you. So I think you know you gotta you know you gotta have that. But the other thing is you know do what you love. I've been doing this for a long time, like like you, and I never think about it as a job, right? It's a passion. yeah, and so if you don't, you know wh- whether you you know wh- whether you run a hospital, whether you run i t, Whether you work, you know, you know, outside and in the different industries, just you gotta love it. Right? Life is too short, not not to love what you do.
1: Yeah, those are great words. I love that. Both the family aspect and doing what you love. So we've heard a little bit about your story already as Megan asked that first question, but Tell us anything else you want to add to it both from a personal or professional side about you know how you came to who you are today as a person and as a leader. I
0: don't know if you know this Ed, about me but you know I uh, two two things I always people are surprised about you know I'm a, I'm a twin identical twin so you know there's another one of me out there <laughs> you know which which is a little scary if you ask uh, some people but uh, it's good you know so you always had I always had you know kind of someone right next to me my entire life growing up right there was always always someone there and you know, competition came out of that and and collaboration and friendship and all this stuff. So folks really don't know that about me. And then the other thing that I'm actually uh, very uh, very proud of, you know, I actually married my high school sweetheart, right? So been married for for almost 30 years now to her. And again, just keeps me grounded in terms of what I do and 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 how I do it and, and those types of things. Folks ask me a couple times, oh, man, you know, you're an engineer. What's that about? You know, and then you went and tried to be CFO for a little bit. And then you went in bed, you know, did a CEO. And so to me, you know, your education is so important, but it's about your experiences and it's about your willingness to do something different and challenge yourself. I feel very proud of being able to do that, right? there's There's been times where I've been really scared about taking a brand new job or doing something, you know, really good. And you just have to take a risk, right? There's so many times where people say, I don't want to take a risk. I'm scared, right? I'm comfortable. I give people advice. on I me. Mean, you got to take a risk, right? So I was almost, um, I didn't do well in my first year at Ohio State. And I almost did not do engineering, was going to go and do an actuary. Can you imagine me as an actuary? Yet? I mean, think about that. But it wasn't going to be fun, right? And, and so I just jumped right back in and said, Let's do this. Let's get through there. And you can't ever be afraid of the unknown and trying something different.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so, you know, we sort of established your path has been a little bit to CEO, has been a little bit different than perhaps the norm, you know, sort of that engineering background and then a lot of finance. And then suddenly, uh, CEO did how did that come about like did you think about when you were in finance did you think about oh my next move I'd like to be CEO or, or how did that happen no no I, I actually never thought about it right I still sometimes
0: I still think well what did I do finance was easy uh, don't don't tell Kevin that because he would probably disagree <laughs> but you know I never thought about it but then you know the opportunity came the job opened up and, and the board had asked me to kind of step into it and and as I said earlier you know I don't want to be afraid of, of doing something different, right, and, and trying to take a risk. But, yeah, up until, like, the day that I sat down in the chair, you know, I never I never envisioned myself as a CEO, right? You, you look at folks like Tom Zanty and, and Mary and Fred Rothstein, right? Those folks, you're like wow, they're on some pedestal. Right. I want to be like them someday, and then then one day you wake up and you're kind of been asked to sit in that chair.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's really cool. I, I had a similar experience, you know, recently myself. You know, I was always in the CIO or chief digital officer track, and suddenly the CEO position opens up, and I never thought about it either. But like you, I, I love what you say. You know, you have to be sort of fearless and and take risks and live and follow your passion. What are maybe one or two surprises that came along with being CEO that you didn't? think about, you know, when you said yes?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, number one is it makes the finance job look easy. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, th- things are pretty, pretty black and white in finance, right? And, and there's a lot of gray and you need to push some things and, and things like that. But, you know, I always thought finance was hard. But, you know, the other part is it's very rewarding. What I didn't do enough when I was in finance and even I was in operations in my prior roles is, you know, walk around and talk to families, right? And, and, and talk to the patients, see the kids, participate in and you know we have a fun event almost every single day on this campus right Uh, we had batman here yesterday and so getting out and doing that that's a lot of fun right and so how do you re-energize yourself because you know being ceo is hard right i mean you're 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 finding out right there's so many competing priorities and, and everyone is trying to do the right things right as ceo no one's ever come to me really with a bad idea right but it's around priorities and how do you choose and at what pace. And those are hard decisions, right? And so re-energizing, I love. I, I love being able. I, I never would have thought walking through our NICU would re-energize me, and now it does.
1: Yeah, that would, that's great. And you're pretty prolific on LinkedIn, so anyone listening, uh, you should follow Matt and see Batman and 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 some of the other fun things that take place at the hospital. And yeah, you're right. Just the, uh, you know, you're again, you're sort of uh, blessed in a sense, you know, in a children's hospital. And any hospital, really, but especially children's hospitals. Just walking around and seeing all the good that happens and all the great care that takes place is a great way to get re-energized. So, what's maybe one benefit of being a CEO with a CFO type chops? So, obviously, you've got a good, you understand finances pretty well. So, I imagine that's a pretty big benefit for you as CEO.
0: Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I love my current CFO, Dawn. She, she's absolutely wonderful, but. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to follow a CFO that became CEO, to be honest with you, but, but she does wonderful. You know, I think part of it is just the thought process that you know, finance folks bring and, and engineers bring right around, you know, let's think through a problem. You know, how do we problem solve that piece of it? And then really connecting the dots because we do what we do and it's really special but we also have to have a margin. Yeah. It doesn't work otherwise in the long run, you know, a bad year here or there. That's all right. That's fine. You know, we have strong balance sheets and those types of things, but how do you connect it back? Right. And in terms of when you decide to do this, do this, because most things, again, as I said earlier, make sense, right? There's really a bad idea. Right. The question is, which one do you do first? Which one do you do second? How do you pace it? And, and thinking through it from a finance lens, I think is helpful. It's not always the answer, because, you know, finance guys and, and gals can can really make uh, some different types of decisions. But I think it's helpful to think through
1: what are the implications. Yeah, there's definitely an advantage. I know that I feel a little bit as a disadvantage as a CEO, not having as strong as a finance background. But I'm very fortunate to have served with you and, and Kevin Roberts and some other great finance people that that background has, has helped me, serve me well in my new role. So, I know the timing was pretty interesting for you, right? To become CEO because wasn't it like 2018, 2019, right before the pandemic? So it was almost immediately as you became CEO that you're BAM, you're dealing with the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it was actually crazy, right? And you know, I think I was in the role for, for six months or so, and then all of a sudden things started to shut down. And and I remember sitting in my office here with, with some of the leaders and saying, you know, this is going to be three or four months, right? And and let's think because you know, down here we're used to it. Emergency preparedness, right? We have hurricanes, right? right? But they kind of come and go <laughs> uh, a couple of days, right? And, and you may, if it's really bad, you may have some lingering effects. But you know, we thought, well, three or four months on this pandemic thing, and you know, look at us now—what, two years later, two and a half years later, still working through, you know, some of the challenges. And but looking back on it, I tell you, I mean, we had a, a newer leadership team come in at th- about the same time. We had some folks that started right as the pandemic came on board, so they never actually came into the office. Some executives but the pandemic really brought people together right i mean there was a there's nothing like a common purpose right it right? really team together and so from a silver lining perspective from a team development it was fantastic but it was tough i mean you know you think back you know almost overnight volumes got decimated right staff got scared so our physicians in the ed were frightened appropriately so I mean, I was frightened, yeah. but you know, look at what we learned, right? I mean, again, it's a learning opportunity for us to be able to say, "Look how much we've grown over the last couple of years because of the pandemic."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a lot of lessons learned. But yeah, it kind of probably accelerates your whole leadership curve and your teamwork curve, as you're talking about your team development curve. You know, because you were dealing with a, this common challenge and having to rally together. Now, I know from our service previously, you were always sort of hip on technology. You know, you were always uh, pushing us in IT to, you know, develop, improve services, develop better products, that sort of thing. How have you adopted to the digital world, like as a CEO or, you know, is that something still like important to you and keen to you?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, technology and transformation and digital, I mean, that, that is part of what, you know, it, it's in our DNA today, right? It, it's different than it was 20 years ago. And people adapt at different paces, right? And so the technology and the digital piece, I don't say that's the easy part, but it's the change, the transformational piece, right? You can't, one of my first folks as I was doing process improvement early in my career said, you know, if you automate the current process and you make mistakes, you just make them faster and you don't know it. Right. So that the change component around the digital piece, I think we as a country, as an industry, we really underestimate that. Because the technology is really pushing us and, and we have to catch up, I think, from a change perspective. And so you know, I love the fact that it's impacting, you know, positively in a patient care perspective. Right? The data you can get on your devices, right? Your heartbeat, your whatever on your on your watches and your steps and your cal, all that stuff. But also transferring it or feeding that to parents and even, you know, us as, as patients, as adults is wonderful, right? Information is powerful. And so I think the more and more we can do that, you know, the better we'll be. And, and I, I have a great CIO here. I think I, I actually think I tried to recruit you at some point and, and you were like, no, nah, I had enough of that, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: but you know, he's, he's great. Cause he pushes us. Right. And, and, you know, my job is to give him resources. And, and make make a difference
1: yeah that's cool i would love to serve as a cio a cdo under, under some uh, ceo like yourself and i have met your your leader there he's he's very good so any cool things that you're all working on you know at the children's hospital to help patients and families yeah
0: yeah so we're, we're doing a, a couple of really cool things one is you know on the front end we're revamping the registration input processes much more online, trying to make it easier so you don't have to stand in the lines up front. And we have our challenges, of course, but moving in that direction. And then, really, the one thing that, that I'm really excited about, we're actually uh, we're just starting to putting up a new surgical tower. So it's about 130,000 or 40,000 square feet. You know, I don't want to tell you what the price tag is because <laughs> it's big, but it's going to be state of the art, right? We're going to have immersive rooms. You know, technology is going to be prevalent. That their operating rooms are going to be like 800, 900 square feet. I mean, they're, they're going to be massive. Yeah, nice. And so I can't wait, you know, about two years before it gets done. I get a little nervous with cranes and hurricane season. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> my construction folks tell me it'll be okay. <laughs> the new tower is really going to be a good complement to our, our pavilion that we put up a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm super excited about that.
1: I'm going to definitely have to make my way down there just to, I'd love to tour your facility and just... uh hang out a bit. And because I, I know the, you can sense it in your voice, Matt, you know, the passion that you bring to your role and, you know, the vision that you have. I know that uh, even before you got there, the hospital was a very special place. And, but I think you've taken it to the next level. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, come I, down. I'd love to have you, Ed. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. I, I definitely need to do it. So how do you keep yourself on point. I, I struggle with this all the time, Matt. So, you know, you're a CEO, you're a leader. You've got to know a little bit about a lot of things. You you don't want to fall behind, you know, because you've built your career on the fact that you've kept pushing yourself, you know, staying sort of ahead of the curve. So how do you keep yourself on point as a leader to make sure that, you know, you don't, you don't become that leader that sort of stops growing and, you know, doesn't add tremendous value? Yeah. So learning and
0: education, I mean, in the classroom is important, but just continuing challenging yourself, around what you don't know right so you think about when you're a kid and you think you know everything i can't learn anything more and then as you grow older you're like you know in that last half of your life right it's, it's like the book the halftime right the first half you're actually playing you know and, and then you realize there's a second half but then at the second half it's actually over at some point right and so you change in terms of trying to do you know things in the first part of your career to actually making a difference and so, to me, you know, that's kind of where I'm at in terms of well, how do I help make a difference, right? So it's not pushing out that next report or whatnot, but it's how do I help the next generation, right? How do I stay curious enough to to help them along to get to where I'm at? You know, I had you know blessed mentor and Mary. You know, she would always say, "I've done that, Matt. You get up there and you present." And you know, and it's like, oh, I really don't, didn't want that, but she's like, "Well, now you have to do it, right?" And and so my time is now to to do that, to remain curious, do a lot of you know, do some reading. You know those types of things, but I don't have you know a CEO is you know I don't have all the answers, right? And if folks think we do, you know, come sit in the chair, right? But how do you lead the team, right? How do you develop people? How do you get things moving along? That's the magic of a CEO. You know, I always said if, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, right, you're probably in the wrong room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I always say that. I was like, I want to be the least smartest person in the room, right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's always my goal, because I'm always afraid. If I'm the smartest person in the room, we're in big, big trouble. We did that same at, at UH, at University of Hospitals. I remember, you know, just as I formed, you know, we had to rebuild IT. And that was my litmus test. It's like, this, whoever comes in has to know more than me because I'm pretty limited. And thankfully, we, we were able to recruit the right people and work with great people like yourself and do some good things. So, you know, now that you're CEO, so you worked with IT your entire career, you know, finance and IT are always close cousins. You and I serve together in our teams. And now as a CEO, you know, as you look and you hire a CIO, CDO, what do you think are some of the tools? Because, you know, some of our audience, right, are CDOs and CIOs that are listening or those who aspire to be. So from a CEO perspective, what are some tools that you think an effective CIO, CDO should have? You know, coming into that role, I'm fortunate
0: enough that my you know CIO CDO is is a physician, and so bringing that skill set to you know to the table and, and understanding and being able to talk the talk. If you're not a physician, I mean that's okay, but that means you have to compliment yourself, right? So you have to hire a great what what CMIO or great number two or someone that you can connect with on the physician side, because you know technology will be very useful if people use it. And so between the nurses and the and the doctors, and so how do you how do you make sure you don't lose? And, and that's true for finance folks, right? You can be a great finance person, but if you don't know how things run or, or operate, you won't be effective. And so it's not about being right; it's about being effective, right? Right. And, and so I think anything that folks can bring to the table to complement what where you're weak, I would encourage any any CIO or CDO to to think in them in those
1: realms. Yeah, those are some good points of advice there. And and bring a checkbook. Yeah, bring a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> that's, always, that's always helpful. Well, I always tell people, though, seriously, it's like, hey, it's great to have these great ideas and they all cost a lot of money to take a lot of investments. So at the same time that you're thinking of these great ideas to bring digital transformation to your organization, bring ideas on how to take cost out Of your organization with digital transformation and that'll be music to the ears of the cfo and certainly the ceo and the board is i don't know that it'll always be dollar for dollar but certainly there's opportunities to bring in you know new capabilities like robotic process automation or other ways of taking manual processes and automating them and taking costs out so i think that's a really smart way of uh, trying to convince you know getting things approved when you can show that you're all in you're going to take costs out of the system as well as bringing some new costs to do some transformation.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing that I would encourage leaders to think about is, you know, finance, you ever watched the, the movie Finding Nemo? Yeah. And you know, they talk about the right, finance are our friends, right? That, you know, like sharks are our friends. And so, you know, IT folks who partner like we did, right? I mean, it worked because we were able to sit down and have tough conversations. You know, it, everyone's trying to do the right thing. And finance, is trying to make sure you have enough money to pay the bills, right? And and folks are trying to lead us forward on digital transformation. And you got to be able to sit down and work together, right? So I always say, finance are our friends.
1: Yeah, that's strong wisdom right there, coming from a CEO and a former finance person. Yeah, you know, when I was a young second lieutenant in the army, they they taught us to become best friends with the the supply sergeant. You know, like you're a sec- you're like a platoon leader because supply sergeant, he kind of find that he he or she was a finance person essentially, and yeah uh, you have to make them your best friend. and so that's always been my approach too with finance It's like, hey, you got to collaborate. you got to be you know work together because you need each other to be successful as an organization and you certainly did that in your role in finance and uh, clearly as CEO, you're bringing that same sort of thought to bear. so Matt, this has been amazing the time goes by way too fast. that's why I really do want to come out and just hang out with you. We talked about uh, your your uh, sort of professional personal journey, and, and you know the importance of of uh, passion, following the things that you love. You know, like having education and experience, uh, challenging yourself. I love I love the things that you talked about taking risks, challenging yourself. You know, always uh, having that base at the same time. And for you, your family you almost been married thirty years. Your high school sweetheart. I know you have kids, your granddad, all that kind of stuff is so cool. And uh, things about how to keep yourself sharp. Over time, how to keep yourself on point, how to work with technology, with digital—we uh, covered tons of area in a very short amount of time. Is there something that we missed, or something that you want to sort of double down on? And I just kind of give you the last word here.
0: You yeah, know, I I want to thank you, Eddie. I mean, I, I'd love. I mean, I love I love following you on LinkedIn and, and the other place. I mean, like, you're always doing something cool. Right? I wish I I wish I could do some some of that stuff. It's it's actually it's balancing right. So, but you know, no, I can I just repeat. You know, you got to do what you love, right? This place is. Is magical, right? I mean, when we help kids walk for the first time and, and we do start, I mean, it just, it brings tears to your eyes of joy, right? And yeah. there's nothing else, you know, like it. But then also, you know, really appreciate the folks that help you. I don't want to embarrass them, but you know, the, the shout out to Calvin and, and Mary and Tom. I mean, again, wonderful people. And Don Klein over at Mercy. I mean, so I, I just want to make sure if they, if they hear this, you know, that they know that I appreciate everything they've done. Yeah. Because I would not be who I am professionally without some of the great people who taught me the things that I know today.
1: You're a very humble leader, Matt, and giving credit to a lot of the, a lot of the individuals that helped you along the way. Yeah, I love, the, I love those people. I was always inspired by Mary. Kevin for sure mentored me. And it's kind of fun, you know, I'm on the board now of Summa Health. In Akron, and I, I get to hang out with uh, some other people. You'd rec- names you'd recognize, like Ari Jacobs, and uh, oh yeah, R- Randy Langerdorfer, and, uh, and it's kind of fun too. And they were also instrumental, you know, in in us. And and you and I are both have a lot to give thanks for, you know, for that uh experience. And Tom Zenty, who recently retired, which is hard to believe, but he was there like twenty some years, I think. So. Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate and blessed individuals. I'm so happy for you and so appreciative of the time that you've taken with us on this podcast. I know that you're busy as a CEO, but you're a very inspirational leader. That's why I wanted you on, not just to catch up, but inspirational person, humble and full of good knowledge for other people. So once again, thank you for being our guest. My
0: pleasure. And definitely come down anytime. Come down in the winter.
1: All right. Yes. <laughs> all right, well, Matt, I think we should all head for the for the winner in Florida as, as we wrap up this podcast for uh, Digital Voices. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode,
0: subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.